Um, yeah, I love the fact that rivers and trees have no walls. I've come with the most organic top that I can wear this morning, so I hope you appreciate it. I'm going to start with a little quiz again this morning, so I hope you're up for a little quiz. Um, yeah, so let's have a look. See if you know your trees. One minute, he says. So last week I spoke on um, Jesus, as he's the centre of everything we do. We like to speak about Jesus. And we worked out that Jesus is a tree of life. That he drinks from the river of life that comes from the throne. That from the relationship breakdown in Eden comes a tree that brings life and reconciliation and shade. The atmosphere around the tree and under the tree is heaven and worshipful. The shade of the tree brings refreshing and life. And this tree is planted because Jesus became a seed who laid in the ground and died. Are we all right with the quiz now? So this second part of what I'm going to do very much refers to last week. So if you've not heard last week's, we have some brilliant things online that you can listen to. If you've not heard Trevor's, Trevor's speak on the river, go online and, and click on um, Community Church Huddersfield and you'll find all the talks on there. But this one relates to that one. So if you want to go back later, um, that might be a good idea. So living in love, that's what we're doing. That's the tree. Living in love, I thought, the only thing is I thought, living in love about tree is hugging tree. So it's not about hugging tree and I couldn't resist that picture. How cute is that? So anybody know what these trees are? Silver birch. My favourite tree. What's this one? Sycamore. Very good. What are these? They haven't said poplar in the cypress. Very good, Gina. Gina, no, she's... Oak. Everybody think that's an oak one? Willow. Right, getting a bit harder now. Ash, very good. What about this one? A fig tree. Bet you've got one of those growing in your garden. Right, I've got... Um, Two, four, six, I think there's 12 trees here. My challenge to you is, which tree is not mentioned in the Bible? Which tree is not meant? Christmas, Christmas tree is not meant. I nearly did put Christmas tree up there, but I thought it'd be a bit easy. Which tree is not mentioned in the Bible? Chestnut elm. I've been a little bit naughty with this one. They all are. Karina gets full marks. There's loads of trees mentioned in the Bible. Um, loads and loads of them. So we looked at the tree of life. So I've recapped what we did. And Jesus is the tree of life. Um, and the exciting thing about the tree of life, I'll put that one because it's a really nice picture, is that Jesus um, was cut down in his prime. 33, now to a cross, cut down. The river of the tree of life became a stamp. And this stamp is spoken about in Isaiah. And it says, from the stamp of Jesse will shoot something most amazing. And this stamp, full of the still drinking from the waters, still full of life, 
becomes something that we're grafted into. Now, if you graft something, it's almost like a heart transplant for a, for a plant. You get a branch, you cut it off the tree that's no good, that's withered. We were all there, weren't we? We were all cut off. You planted into the root of a different tree. And you bear all the hallmarks from that tree, all the sap and all the nutrients that that tree's drawing on, you get. You become one with the root. We're grafted into the root of the tree in life. We are not separate from him anymore. We are one. We drink from the same source, from the same river. We have the same DNA. Everything about this root is us. We become a tree so beautiful with all of you being branches, all grafted into Jesus, that is just um, drinking on this, this river of life. It says, behind and underneath all this, there is a holy God-planted, God-tended root. If the primary root of the tree is holy, there's bound to be some holy fruit. Some of the tree's branches were pruned, and you were wild olive shoots. You were grafted in. We're grafted into the, 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 the tree. We're holy. Everything he is, we are. It's really important to stay connected. It's really important to stay together because we're grafted in together. You can't be a branch over on the floor over there. It doesn't work. We have to be grafted into Jesus, which brings us together. Now, the character of this tree that we are, I'm going to call us river tree, is there's a few things. So we'll look at, yeah, I thought I'd done the wrong pages. I'm going to look at the character of the tree first. I'm going to look in Daniel 4 verse 10, if you want to turn to it. I always like to turn to things in the Bible because it puts it in context. As in rather than, I quite like to see where it is on the page. Daniel 4 verse 10. This is a king who saw the tree. And he says, While I was lying in my bed, this is what I dreamed. I saw a large tree in the middle of the earth. The tree grew very tall and strong, reaching high into the heavens for all the world to see. It had fresh green leaves and it was loaded with fruit for all to eat. Wild animals lived in its shade and birds nested in its branches. And all the world was fed from this tree. That's river tree, that's us. Let's go to Matthew 13, verse 31. I want you to see, and you see I have another picture. Look into the mirror. Matthew 13, verse 31. This is what Jesus says. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make the nests in its branches. So we've got two pictures of trees, and we can also use the one in Ezekiel, where the leaves are for the healing of the nations, um, the one that is by the river. So the characteristics of this tree, what does it look like? Well, the one thing, it's growing. If a tree stops growing, it's dead. Um, it's increasing and growing. It never, it never um, maintains and settles. It's always growing. It always grows tall. It grows towards the sun. 
It's a faithful presence. We looked a bit about that last week. It's not an annual crop. It's not there one season and goes the next. It's there for a substantial amount of time. It's not for a woman of fancy. It's fruitful. Tree is recognised by the fruit it bears. And the same with our river tree, us. Love looks like something. It looks like the fruit we bear. If we say we have faith in God, that looks like something. We produce fruit. It goes through processes and seasons. I've never seen a tree. I don't know if you've got a growth chart. Have you ever seen a growth chart? I had one for your kids or, or somebody else's children. Where every time they grow, you mark it off on the wall. It's almost like, oh, they've achieved this. Oh, they've achieved this. And we very much mark things off as to what we've achieved. A tree doesn't do that. It just grows. It hasn't got a growth chart. It just keeps growing. It's more interested in the process and the seasons and just keeping on growing. That's what trees do. Working in harmony, moving towards the light, developing according to what's around it. A tree is true to itself. So if you're an apple tree, you don't expect it to be producing figs. It's true to itself. And there's a tendency with us, sometimes we look around and see what other people are doing and say, well, I'd really like to be a fig tree. I really like roasted figs, aren't they nice? I'd really like to be a fig tree. If I just stand here long enough or change how how I grow, but actually... I might be an apple tree. There's no way I'm going to become a... Just be happy with what God's made you. Be content with who you are and the fruit that God's asked you to bear. Don't try and be like the person next to you. The tree is true to itself. And as a church, we have to be true to ourselves. We're not going to be like the the, the church down the road. We've got our own distinctives. We've got our own things that we're really strong at and we're really weak at. And that's okay, but we have to accept that's who we are and know what fruit we're meant to be bearing rather than trying to bear something else. And we're very unique to the core, so we have to be true to ourselves, yeah, rather than fighting it all the time. So that's the character of the tree. Let's look a bit about the culture of the tree. This is something we develop around the tree. What does the tree of love look like? What does a river tree look like from the top to the bottom now part of the culture of the tree is it reaches up tall to heaven so heaven comes to earth in the tree its hands its branches are in the heavens but it's rooted in the earth it's neither got its head in the clouds or just its feet on the ground it does both all the time so whereas we walk the earth we produce miracles where we go we're still heavenly people. And this looks different in different places. So um, there's a couple of times here. I mean, I, I can use examples from here because that's where I am most of the time and I work most of the time. I'm not saying that you have to be here. But there's a couple of times we've had people walk in the door. There's a lady who'd had given birth, back-to-back baby, who'd had back pains for three years. She came and she says, I'm just so struggling with my back pain today. We said, oh, we'll pray for you. She's not a Christian. Prayed for Next week, she comes bouncing and she goes, I don't know what you've done. It's completely gone. Now, she's not a Christian still. But 
she was brought more into wholeness, which is God's plan for her. She was brought towards wholeness for her life, which is what God wants for everybody. No matter whether it's body, mind, soul, spirit, to bring everybody into a wholeness. Um, now she's walking the processes. She's walking towards a relationship with Jesus. We all I believe that. Um, but And there's another lady who prayed for fairly recently. And she, I said, are you all right? She goes, yeah, I'm fine. And you know when inside, you listen with your ears and you think, oh, that's not right. She's not okay. I said, can I pray for you afterwards? Again, I don't know where she's, she is, the relationship with God. Prayed with her. She just burst into tears. She goes, how did you know I wasn't okay? You Something just speaks to you in the spirit. And then she goes, something just so lifted off me. I feel so different. But, so you get miracles like that. Healing, things lifting off people. But then on the other hand, you get somebody who comes in She's separated from her husband, moving house, got little kids. The week before, she'd been saying, oh, I've got a house and I'm doing all this. And the whole emotional thing of separating as well. And um, she says, I, I can do everything. I just can't get a settee out my lounge. I need to ring people to try and take the window out, try and take the doors out. I just can't get this. I've got to leave the flat as I found it. They're going to find me if I don't. Week after, she's still not got this settee out house. And I looked at it and I thought, she's not okay. It really is draining her. This blooming settee, she needs a miracle. So Chris went with a hammer and an axe and saw it up, <laughs> threw it out of house, and she came back next week so differently. And it was like Chris was her miracle. But it's like sometimes it's what we do is a miracle. Sometimes what you say is a miracle. Sometimes praying over somebody is a miracle. We're heavenly trees. The other culture of the tree is freedom of life. We talked a bit about this morning. In this tree, life happens. Um, Bugs burrow, birds flock, bees nest, squirrel mate, and underneath deer rest. Sheep give birth, foxes play, and badgers burrow. It's full of life. Wherever you go in a tree, it's full. You can't always see all of it. The tree does not try to control the flow of life. It doesn't try to contain it or manipulate it. It does, however, bring consistency, reliability, and dependability. It brings forth fruit without fail, brings sustenance, shade, and it's creative and fun. You never see a tree the same as the next one. They're so different. It's about not controlling people's journey. It's about letting them come and have fun with us. About just bringing life, that source from the river, that, river that's coming through us. The next, the next thing about this tree is it has many points of access. You get birds coming from the sky. You get worms coming up from the ground. You get beetles burrowing in. You get holes where owls are, um, woodpeckers. There's so many points of access to this tree. Um, and it's really important that we as a church, when people come, we don't just have Alpha or a Sunday morning. We have so many doors of access that people can come in and meet Jesus. We have so many doors of access. People can come and find care. Everyone is so different. We need to accept that, that people come in different routes, different ways. There's no set way of meeting Jesus. There's no, we used to do a set prayer and say, now that's it. Follow this path on this discipleship. It's like people come from all different angles um, and everyone belongs. It's another one. Everyone belongs. So different species and organisms are drawn together in harmony in one tree. The lichen sits on the same branch as the owl. 
The fox lies in the same shade with a leaf mould. The bark beetles live in the same trunk as a lizard. Each with its own skills and weaknesses and challenges. Some animals stay for a moment while others make their home there for many years. But difference is embraced and welcomed. No one's turned away. In this culture, it's hard to distinguish what is the tree, what is living beneath the tree, alongside the tree, underneath the tree, and what is passing by. Because the tree accepts and holds them all in in balance, but um, waits for them to become part of the tree. It doesn't matter in which state or shape or size you arrive in, you are accepted and loved. Everyone's honoured for who they are and loved with no strings attached. Everyone's respected and listened to no matter what their journey is towards the tree or what the journey has formed in them. So the dog walker and the bookish person gets the same reception as the steampunk or the uh, biker. Exactly the same. We accept people who, no matter what their weaknesses are, like I'm, I'm a bit dyslexic, someone might be autistic, someone might have problems reading, someone might have problems walking. We've all got weaknesses. Let's not make them and judge people on our weaknesses because we all have them. We're all broken. Um, the next characteristic is everyone is nurtured holistically. We've spoken a little bit about this. Now, trees are countercultural, which I love about them. Everyone is pumping out CO2. Animals, car, everything's pumping out. Trees turn it back into oxygen. They're taking the pollution and everything that's thrown at them in the atmosphere, everything that's out there that might be lies and cynicism and, and aggression and, and poverty, we turn it back into life and truth and wholeness and, and provision. We're countercultural. We take the rubbish and we turn it into something beautiful. The root of the tree is the centre of the Father's heart. It's all about nurturing and love. It's all about nurturing the whole person and the whole community. It's not about individuals. It's about the whole community. It brings the best out of everything and causes everyone to flourish. The root passes its nutrients up to the branches and as result, they grow and bear beautiful fruit and leaves, much fruit. The leaves and fruit sustain and transform everything around the tree, the community. Fruit is not for the branches, which I always thought it was. I thought the fruit was for the branches. It's not. It's for the community out there. For they are sustained by them. We're sustained by the root. We don't need the fruit. The fruit and leaves are for the well-being of the nations. The branches take the essence of the Father's heart and reach it out to others. The branches care for and sustain members of the community and give them what they need, whether this be food, healing, shelter, protection, or warmth. The tree enables the flourishing of the mind, the body, the soul, and the spirit. This might mean in a practical way to educate someone, give them apprenticeship, teach life skills, teach someone well-being and mental health skills, just to love somebody, to give somebody classes for exercise so they can help their body or, or take someone to a doctor's. 
All kinds of things that we need to make ourselves whole. All things and spiritual needs included. So the river tree is learning to love well. Now I found really interesting in this that the tree inside a tree has no heartbeat, it has no veins. How does the water get from the roots up through the tree to the branches? And on a really basic, it's almost, it's got, it's got straws inside. Okay? Xylem. And when the leaves use up the water, it causes a pressure that pulls the water upwards. Unless we love well, we stay stagnant. We end up dying. Because if we don't use the love and the life that's coming up through us from the, from the base of Jesus, from that stump of Jesus, which is the very core, we then can't flourish. We can't produce fruit because there'll be no flow of water coming through us. There'll be no flow of um, minerals and nutrients. So it's important that we love well. It's important that that flow, that draw on the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when we ask for the Holy Spirit to fill us, sometimes the answer is to love somebody else. Sometimes when we ask the kingdom to come here, sometimes the answer is to love our community. Because when we reach out and when we use that Holy Spirit, he can't help but rushing in some more. So what does this look like practically? So we looked last week a bit about the woman at the well, Samaritan woman. So let's go back to Jesus because he's the root of this tree. She was a different age. Different gender, different race, different morality. Everything different from him. It's so easy to talk to people that are like us. And like John Naylor would say, appreciate people who are like us. Rather than see the great... It was taught me he, he got, the whole thing that sometimes you get attracted to somebody because they are so like you, you appreciate that thing in them. But actually to appreciate something in somebody because they're so different to you. Well, even if they disagree with you, have completely opposite opinions from you, have a different religion, what we see in them is still worth valuing and talking to. Um, And he made time for the prostitutes and the lame people. He went and ate with the down and outs. He went down to the hovel place and met with those people. He didn't just sit. He could have come. He was the king of kings. He could have come into a palace. He came to a stable. He could have just sat with the nobles and the, and the middle class people and the upper class people and sat there and spread his word there. Because they were educated. They would have been really good at passing his message on. He didn't. He went out to those people who weren't educated, had no homes. He became homeless himself. He also went to places and met individuals like the Samaritan woman by the well. He went to places where there were lots of people, like the temples. He went to parties. He went to all sorts. It's not either or. It's not our neighborhoods or community centers. And it's not our workplaces or our streets. The branches reach out everywhere. All places. Um, And he has this... um, Oh, yeah, this is known for me. Different dynamics. I personally find it really much easier to talk to one person... Um, I suppose in a coffee shop, it's easier, isn't it? You're one person, it's one, you concentrate on that, you can listen really well. And it's really, really good to do that. 
It is slightly harder as a different dynamic to go into a group situation and have lots of people talk to you, lots of different stories about pain, lots of different needs to be met, more voices. I've got my more personal embarrassment to get over of going into a group setting. You've got to get over my shyness of actually going out into a group setting. I find it takes a lot more energy to do that sometimes. But it's important that we do both. Some of you might find meeting one-to-one is harder. But it's always about, not about what we find easy. It's about loving people wherever we can find them. It's about loving them no matter what. No matter, yeah, no matter what. Um, And listening to well to people's hearts, giving time for the one in front of us. Listening not just to their mouths and what's coming out, but listening to their hearts. Hearing their pain and not retracting from it. Leaning into their pain and just looking them in the face and still loving them. Pain is uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. And yet we're not people who shy away. We're people of courage. We're people of boldness. We can love people through their pain. So what does it look like practically? Um... Just this week, we had a granddad come in to the Jubilee Centre. His wife died about 18 months ago, and he came in a bit of a shell of a... He's he's, he's a lovely guy. Lonely, dealing with grief. And he came up to the toast and tea cake, and he says, with a big grin on his face, he says, this is a highlight of my week. And then realising what he said, he backtracked and he says, well, it just shows what a sheltered life I lead, doesn't it? I thought, no, it doesn't. I said to him, it shows you how special this moment is for you. We talked about it and he goes, you have to stop talking. I am filling up with tears. Don't ever think that the small thing you do, we're just giving him toast and tea cake and providing an atmosphere of love. It seems small. For him, it's so overwhelming, he's crying. The small things you do in life, the small... 10 minutes you spend talking to that person on the bus or in for you you think oh it's just I'm not making a difference you are if you drink from the tree of life the river of life and you have supernatural love in you and it's coming from his core and not from your uncomfortability you can't but bless people because it's coming from the throne of God it's coming from the very presence of God and if you drink from the river of life, and if you stay connected to the root, you'll find that even if you grow empty, even if you're having a rubbish day, you still find love, unconditional love, because it's not yours. It's coming up through you from the root. You've always got that overwhelming love inside you. What does it look like? It looks like an, a lady who's been abused violently for 37 years, had seven kids, managed to get away with one of them. Showed around, hit the building. Again, it was just a small thing. Just gave her attention, cup of tea, burst into tears. Said, I've not been loved like this for a long time. That's how sad some people, they just giving them a cup of tea and giving them a bit of attention, you can overwhelm somebody. And I find that really hard because that's how bad some people's state are in, that that is all they need. Or about the alcoholic mum who came. She was in her 50s. She'd split up from her partner when she was 22. 
turned to alcohol and um, ended up in pieces. But she had got to a point where she, at 50, she came out of it. And she came here, but because she'd been, she'd been in a home for, for 30 years, I don't know how they managed to section her, um, she'd managed to, we managed to rehabilitate her into society, and she's now gone on to all sorts of things. She sends us cards, she's doing all sorts of volunteering roles, left, right and centre. But from one place of brokenness, she became to a place of well-being, just in an atmosphere of love and wholeness. Or a vulnerable adult whose parents have disowned him. Don't visit much. He's got no family because they don't want him round. Imagine if you can put him in a place with a team where he feels valued and loved. Where he's got his own role. Where he feels equal. Where he feels essential, a significant part. How they blossom. How they change. It's even if we did nothing else in this building, that would make me that would delight my heart just on its own. Or a mother struggling with mental health because she her baby's not sleeping, she's not getting any sleep, she can't get any time with her partner. Imagine if they come along and you can you can reach out to them and you can say that's okay. It's just a phrase. Give them some advice. They can have a room to cry in without feeling judged and still feel loved. Or um, a homeless man without any hope. Or a person full of anxiety because they've in so much debt they can't sleep. Or a youth who's self-harming. Or someone addicted to media and not sleeping. Someone addicted to porn and can't hold down a relationship. Someone who's coping with grief or illness. Someone who's coping with the pain of family breakup. I tell the youth here that if you've got both of your sets of your parents and you've got a roof over your head and you're in a fairly stable family, you do not know how blessed you are. I think we forget that. And how much we can make a difference just by being men and women of God in broken places. Now I'm going to finish with... Ben Bishop spoke to me last Sunday and came out with a phrase. It was from a film. It was a bit of a rubbish film, he said. But I cannot get this line out of my head. In this film, he said, the quote was, you love the way I love you, but you don't love me. And he challenged me and he said, sometimes we as Christians love the way God loves us. We love the fact he's unrelentless. We love the fact he's unconditional. We love the fact we can do anything and he will cover us in his grace. But we don't love him because we don't love other people the same. And it, it took me to this passage in John. And it, said in, it says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept the Father's command and remain in his love. I've told you this, so my joy will be in you, and your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, and to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And it's really challenged me. Because actually God is saying that in order for us to say that we love him, 
We need to be loving other people. That's part of the, that's part of what he's asking us to do. And he's almost saying that because he paid a price for us, our lives not our own. And yes, we know God loves us unconditionally. Yes, we are thrilled by God loves, but there's a responsibility on us to follow the commands that Jesus said to love other people. And we are his friends if we do what he commands. But I want you to encourage you that although it seems like a big task to love other people, to love the whole of Huddersfield and the whole of the town and the whole of the world, we can do it in small steps. And there's a beautiful story about a man called Jadav Payeng. Jadav Payeng found that he walked into a wilderness one day where there was a snake struggling to live and he thought, this isn't okay. There was a river running through, but because of deforestation, every tree had been cut down. So since 1979, he went into the wilderness every day, planted one tree. Just one tree every day. By the time it got to, to now, well, whenever this was written, there was a massive forest now covering 1,360 acres. It's home to Bengali tigers, rhinos, deers, elephants, mammals. No one even knew this guy was planting the tree. But what he did was, he, um, he paid for it out of his own money, had a herd of cows and buffaloes, supported himself and just went into the, the wilderness every day, planted one tree. He even lost some of his buffalo because the tigers started coming into the forest. He had to sacrifice some of his own well-being for the good of the forest. But he's actually won awards now for what he did. The authorities have responded. And I think, he, uh, yeah, in that place he's quite famous now because he, you can do it. By doing one small act a day, you can make a forest of goodness. One small act a day, you can change the CO2, that poison lies, a hor- the, whatever's in our society, back into oxygen, back into purity and truth and wholeness and well-being. Someone is sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree long ago. By one small act, planting a tree, someone's finding rest and shade. So, same as last week, true love is found in the tree because it's sourced in true love in Jesus. It's planted in the real world. Its roots are in the soil and dirt. It gets its, not its fingers, gets its roots dirty. It's expressed. It doesn't just talk about love or sing about love. It's expressed in reality. It's expressed everywhere and the branches reach out. So what I'd like to do next, I'd like you to, we're going to respond to this because it's so easy sometimes to hear something and think, how actually I need to apply that to my life now. So we're just going to spend a few minutes to do that. So would you like to stand? I think would be the best way of doing it. If if you can. I'm just going to pray and then we'll just spend a little time just with the Holy Spirit 
and see what it's all going to be very personal to you. What God is going to ask you to do in response to this. God, Jesus, we know that you are the root that we are grafted into. And at the very heart and core of your love is to reach the community and bring wholeness. And as we are the branches reaching out, Father God, what changes do we need to make in our own lives in order to obey your command to love one another? Please, will you speak to us now?